at a meeting of Bible translation organizations that took place in Newport Beach, California. One of the speakers stood at the podium and asked the 50 or so leaders there a series of simple questions. How long does it take to translate the Bible? And how much does it cost to translate the Bible into a new language? How many Bible translations have been completed in the past year? And how many will be completed in the coming year? You'd think these questions would be simple enough to answer. After all, ask any executive of almost any business on the planet these same questions about his or her business, and that leader would have a ready answer. But if you ask a leader of the Bible translation industry, the answer you are most likely to get is, it depends. Behind those two words, it depends, is a complicated tale. I'm Natasha Smith, and today you'll be listening to a special episode of the Ministry Watch podcast. We're calling it Just How Broken Is the Bible Translation Industry? With me on today's program is Warren Smith, the president of Ministry Watch, and he was at that meeting in Newport Beach, California. Warren, welcome to the program. Thanks, Natasha. So why is it so difficult to answer simple questions about Bible translation? Well, in fairness, that answer, it depends, does have some truth to it. I mean, every project is different. The people doing the work vary in efficiency and training. Translating the Bible from English to German, for example, is not the same thing as translating the Bible into a language that might not even have a written alphabet. I mean, that makes sense. Some projects are just inherently harder than others. On the other hand, it is also important to note that Christians have been involved in Bible translation for, what, 2,000 years now? Bible translators face many problems, but they rarely face new problems. The problems they face are problems that others have faced for hundreds of years before them. I would also add that every new service sector operating in the world has their share of unique challenges as well. Engineering, transportation, software development, communications, healthcare. These are also large and complicated ecosystems. And in those industries, it's kind of hard to imagine that it depends would long work as an excuse for not knowing or not finding out the answers to some of the basic questions that goes into that industry's work, something about cost, how long it takes to get a job done, for example. But it depends, has become a part of the culture of the Bible translation industry. It has helped produce a lack of transparency and accountability that should be a giant red flag to the tens of thousands of donors, maybe some of our listeners, who give in the aggregate hundreds of millions of dollars a year to Bible translation organizations. To understand just how big a red flag, we will have to do a little math. Now, I'm a word person, not a numbers person, so please tell me this won't hurt. Well, I'll do my best, Natasha, to make it as painless as possible. Uh, first, it's important to note that the Bible translation industry is huge. I define it very loosely as the 150 or so organizations that make up a worldwide group of Bible translation organizations that call themselves 
the Wycliffe Global Alliance. Now, I also add in a few other groups like Wycliffe Associates, which has withdrawn from the Wycliffe Global Alliance, but nonetheless remains one of the largest Bible translation organizations in the United States. Now, there's another global network, the United Kingdom-based United Bible Societies. They have more than 200 members, mostly Bible societies of the individual nations of the world. It's important to note that many organizations, such as the American Bible Society, for example, are members of both networks, both the Wycliffe Global Alliance and the United Bible Societies. So in total, these organizations, and this is a key number to keep in mind, these organizations take in about $500 million every year from donors. Though I should also add that even this number is the subject of some dispute because of a lack of transparency in the Bible translation world. Um, Millions of dollars end up getting passed from one Bible translation organization to the other, and sometimes the income is double counted. And as I said, that fact alone is an example of one of the problems in the industry. That's a huge amount of money. I mean, a billion dollars every two years. And, Natasha, they've been taking in this much money every year for many years, if not decades. It's important that we keep this number in mind, that half a billion dollars a year, $500 million a year, because we're going to be coming back to that number again and again during our conversation. You would think that that much money pouring into Bible translation would get a lot of Bible translations done, wouldn't you? And we're not? No, we're not. Well, I want to ask you how many Bible translations we are getting for all that money. That seems like a very key question. But before I do that, let's stick to the sheer size of the Bible translation industry. Who are the biggest players? Well, by far the largest of the Bible translation organizations is Wycliffe Bible Translators, which took in more than $227 million in 2020. And keep in mind that Wycliffe Bible Translators is different from Wycliffe Associates, and the two of them are different from the Wycliffe Global Alliance. Well, that's pretty confusing. Well, it is, and these organizations and others do share a common history, and sometimes they share even some of the same leaders, and that's part of the problem with the Bible translation industry, a common culture that is often incestuous and has over the years developed a lack of the ability to be self-critical. Well, wait wait a minute. Hold that thought. We'll come back to that in a second. Aside from the Wycliffs, what's another major player? What about the American Bible Society? Well, the American Bible Society does many things besides Bible translation. Um, For example, they do Bible engagement and Bible distribution. And uh, the organization recently opened up a museum in Philadelphia that will help Uh, tell the story of how faith and the Bible played a key role in the nation's founding. But you're right, uh, the American Bible Society is another bit large player. Uh, The American Bible Society um, works with and often funds other translation organizations. And it has annual revenue by itself approaching $100 million. And it has an endowment and other assets that top $700 million. It sounds like there's no shortage of money in the Bible translation industry. 
Well, there's not, and that's why I mentioned a few minutes ago that we should keep that $500 million number in mind in the midst of all of these other numbers that can be confusing. You need to stay focused on that. That's the total amount of money going into the Bible translation industry each and every year. So let's return to the question I asked earlier. Where is all that money going? Is it producing Bible translations? Well, we can be sure that the vast majority of it is almost surely not going to Bible translation itself. If it was, we would have many more Bible translations than we do. How do we know that? Well, we know that from just looking at what the organizations themselves say. Now, take, for example, Wycliffe Associates. Uh, okay, that's Wycliffe Associates, not Wycliffe Bible Translators. That's right, though, again, it's confusing, and I think by design. Okay, so moving on then, what about Wycliffe Associates? Well, Wycliffe Associates is one of the largest Bible translation organizations in the country. Uh, a few years ago, they started claiming that they could translate the New Testament in a matter of weeks for less than $100,000. It's important to note that many of these claims have subsequently been discredited. In fact, some of the discrediting has been done by us at Ministry Watch, and we'll have links to some of those stories in the show notes. That's right, and and we did uh, that discrediting by simply asking where all the Bible translations were. I mean, if you could really translate the Bible in a matter of weeks for $100,000, then there should be dozens, if not hundreds, of Bible translations being produced every year. And they're not? No, not by a long shot. Now, I should acknowledge that even within the Bible translation industry, Wycliffe Associates is considered a bit of an outlier. It has withdrawn from the Wycliffe Global Alliance, and in 2020, it resigned from the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability while under review for possible violations of the ECFA's financial standards. But your reporting found that even mainstream groups also make claims that do not uh, withstand close scrutiny. That's right. An alliance of Bible translation organizations called Illuminations has been raising money with the promise that its member organizations, which, by the way, include Wycliffe Bible Translators and the American Bible Society, two organizations that we've already talked about, can translate the Bible for $35 per verse. Now, the Bible has about 31,000 verses. So $35 a verse times 31,000 verses, that comes to about a million dollars to translate the entire Bible. At the beginning of our conversation, you said that most of the Bible translation organizations were unwilling to give a number, but that's a pretty firm number. It takes a million dollars to translate the entire Bible. That's right, at least according to those claims made by Illuminations. Most other Bible translation organizations simply refuse to give out any numbers that can be checked. Uh, they announce when projects begin, but only rarely when they end, or how long they took, or how much they cost. So it's a good thing that Illuminations has finally published a number, right? Well, yeah, except that that number can't possibly be true. How do you know? 
Well, the simple math is this. If it really takes $1 million to translate a Bible, and the Bible organizations that are a part of Illuminations take in about $500 million every year, then what does that mean? It means we should be getting 500 new Bible translations every year. Now, don't you think you're being a little hard on them? I mean, they have expenses too. It's not reasonable to expect that 100% of the money goes directly to Bible translation. Well, that's a good point. So, okay, instead of 500 Bibles translated each year, how about 400 or 300 or 250? I mean, is that a reasonable expectation? Okay, rather than me answer that question, why don't you just tell me, how many Bible translations are we getting each year for the $500 million donated to Bible translation organizations? Well, Natasha, the bleak answer is not even close to 500 Bibles or 400 Bibles or 300 Bibles. We get about 15 new Bible translations every year. 15, that's it, for five hundred million dollars. Again, a bit of simple math. The Bible translation industry is not producing a Bible translation for $100,000 or less, as Wycliffe Associates claims. It is not producing a Bible translation for $1 million, as Illuminations claimed. The actual cost of a Bible translation, the amount of money donated, divided by the amount of Bibles actually completed, is close to $30 million per translation. Warren, those numbers are kind of shocking. Are you saying Wycliffe Associates was lying when it said it could translate the Bible for $100,000? Or that Illuminations was lying when it said it could translate the Bible for a million dollars? Well, Natasha, lying is a very strong word, but if you read the marketing materials from the Bible translation industry, these numbers likely come as a shock, the numbers that I'm sharing with you today, because the marketing materials make claims, promises, or express goals that are not even remotely aligned with the reality that I've just described to you. Uh, the actual results fall far short of the claims by, made by Wycliffe Associates, uh, whose, by the way, marketing claims have been under scrutiny by Ministry Watch, and as we noted a few moments ago, by the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. But isn't it possible that Wycliffe Associates is an outlier and that other Bible translations are more truthful in their claims? Well, I even acknowledged earlier that Wycliffe Associates is a bit of an outlier. It's withdrawn from most of the other alliances and organizations that uh, tend to work together around the world. Uh, but uh, so many of the Bible translation organizations have been making unsubstantiated claims for so long that this kind of hyperbole and exaggeration almost seems to be part of the norm as part of the culture within the Bible translation world these days. Now, for example, a decade ago in its 2011 annual report, Wycliffe Bible Translators uh, said this about what it called its Last Languages campaign, a campaign to finish the task of Bible translation. And I'm quoting here, in 1999, Wycliffe committed to the mission of seeing a Bible translation program in every language still needing one by the year 2025. You might imagine this challenge needs enormous 
resources. That's the end of the quote. Now, I hate to keep bringing math into this discussion, Natasha, but the same numbers that we've already discussed shows just how far from reality this marketing and fundraising campaign actually is. How do you mean? Well, keep in mind some of the numbers that we've already discussed. Only about 700 Bible translations have ever been completed, which means that there are more than 6,000 remaining. Uh, The rate of translation uh, for new Bibles in 2011 was about 10 per year. Uh, That pace has increased to about 15 per year. But that would mean that we need 400 years to translate a Bible into the remaining languages in the world it's, it's reasonable to ask if calling such a capital campaign the last languages campaign was not somewhere between disingenuous and a complete disregard for reality. Nonetheless, Wycliffe Bible Translators donors did respond. In 2011, the organization's annual revenue was about $120 million. Today, as I mentioned earlier, it's about $220 million. In short, uh, Wycliffe Bible Translators has taken in just under two billion dollars in the past decade. Much of that money was taken in from donors who responding to these marketing campaigns that suggested that we were almost there, that these are the last languages. This is the last language campaign after all. Just a few more dollars, a few more years. But clearly we are still dozens if not hundreds of years away, at least at the current rate of Bible translation by the existing Bible translation organizations. Using the Illuminations metric mentioned above at $35 per verse, $2 billion should have completed about 1,800 new translations. Instead, only about 100 to 150 translations were actually completed. So it sounds like the bottom line is that the donors did indeed come through. They provided that enormous resources that the Wycliffe Bible translators said it would need back in 2011. So did Wycliffe Bible translators fulfill its promise? Well, this distressing answer is, once again, not even close Wycliffe Bible Translators 2020 annual report said that it had published 88 scriptures during the year. Now, you might be asking, what is a scripture? It's not a complete Bible translation. This is the way they defined it. Scriptures published consist of full Bibles, New Testaments only, and scripture portions. How many full Bibles? Well, we can't get anyone to say on the record, but once again, probably between 15 and 20. The annual report also included this statement. These scriptures were published with the involvement of multiple Bible translation agencies. What does that mean, published with the involvement of multiple Bible translation agencies? Well, as the old saying goes, Natasha, I'm glad you asked, because if we unpack that short phrase, we can learn a lot about the Bible translation industry. Like what? Well, the careful reader of the marketing materials, for example, of the Last Languages campaign will discover two techniques that are common in the industry, techniques that are designed to deflect accountability. First, they were careful to talk about starting programs and translations, but rarely about finishing them. The last languages project said that it was committed to the mission 
of seeing a Bible translation program. Now, that's pretty artful language. It doesn't actually promise the completion of a translation. In fact, it only promises commitment, and not even a commitment to start a Bible translation, but a commitment to the mission of seeing a Bible translation program begin. Now, what that means is anybody's guess. I mean, you could put a one-page memo together, and that might reflect a commitment to seeing a program begin. We just don't know. Secondly, I've already mentioned that many U.S. Bible translation organizations do not actually translate Bibles. They are, in fact, fundraising and project management organizations. They pass grants back and forth between themselves. Sometimes a half a dozen or more Bible translation organizations will claim credit for the Bible translation work done by a small local translation team in a faraway country. Can you give me an example Well, sure. The seed company, for example, uh, it raises money and gives grants to organizations that are actually doing the translations. Now, recipients of its grants include Wycliffe Bible Translators, but in fact, the seed company is a subsidiary of Wycliffe Bible Translators. Wycliffe Bible Translators president, John Chestnut, actually sits on the board of the seed company. The seed company does not file a separate Form 990. The seed company's financials roll up into Wycliffe USA's financials. So it's difficult or impossible even to see how much money it raises and grants to actual Bible translation work in the field. And Illuminations, which we mentioned earlier, is another example. But I thought Illuminations was trying to be part of the solution. Well, it is. Illuminations was founded by wealthy Christian families who were frustrated by some of the very problems that I have identified here. And in that sense, I think Illuminations can be a part of the solution because they certainly have money and power. But Illuminations is partnered with, guess who? The Seed Company, Wycliffe Bible Translators, the American Bible Society, and other legacy Bible translation um, industry partners. Illuminations is new, it's well-funded, and as I said, I think it's well-intentioned, and it has a thoughtful strategy. But the cultural norms of the legacy Bible translation industry have emptied many deep pockets in the past. In fact, there's an old saying often attributed to management guru Peter Drucker that goes like this, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I think that that may be what we are witnessing uh, with Illuminations partnering with the existing Bible translation bureaucracy. Now, we already see a troubling sign. I've written about this in Ministry Watch previously, that Illuminations is being sucked into the vortex. It's now uh, started its fundraising efforts of its own, uh, recently uh, paying to sponsor a for-profit women's conference called the If Gathering by Jenny Allen. And it was actually at that If Gathering event that uh, they made that promise of $35 per verse, uh, and about $1.5 million were raised just in that one event. But again, Illuminations itself doesn't actually translate the Bible. Let me guess, it provides grants to those who do translate the Bible. Yeah, that's exactly, or in some cases, provides grants to those who make grants to those who translate the Bible. Not only that, neither Illuminations nor Jenny Allen would respond to my repeated requests uh, asking how much Illuminations paid for the sponsorship. 
So you're saying that this lack of transparency in these convoluted corporate and funding structures have been a key reason donors haven't gotten the results they've been promised. Yeah, that's exactly right. The, this lack of transparency and accountability has allowed key players in the industry to quietly ignore past promises and just go on and make new ones. Remember, Wycliffe Bible Translator's last languages campaign that I mentioned earlier, it said in 2011 that it would begin a translation in every language still needing one by 2025. Well, in 2021, Illuminations, which is now a partner with Wycliffe Bible Translators, made a new promise. It said that it would make God's Word accessible to all people by 2023. Natasha, the simple math suggests that fulfilling these promises were highly unlikely even when they made them, and they become even more unlikely as time goes by. But Warren, surely you're not saying that we should abandon Bible translation. I mean, after all, the Bible says we're to go into all the world, and the command would seem to mean that we need to share the gospel with people in a language they can understand. Natasha, I think you're right. Bible translation is an integral part of the Great Commission story that evangelicals tell themselves. Uh, By the way, Martin Luther translated the entire New Testament by himself in less than a year. It's important to think about that when you think about how long and how much money it takes to translate the Bible today. Now, historian Paul Johnson described the work of Bible translators and the printers who often worked with them with this pithy summary. The smell of printer's ink was the incense of the Reformation. And we have inspirational and heroic stories of missionaries and Bible translators. Most Christians were raised on these stories. They sure were. I know I was. We have the stories of the great 18th and 19th century missionaries. Hudson Taylor with China Inland Mission. George Mueller was one of the founders of the Plymouth Brethren Movement and went on missionary trips all over the world. The legend of the missionary movements of that era was this. You kissed your mother goodbye and used your coffin as your suitcase, knowing full well that you would never return to the comforts of home. Some of the Bible translation organizations still operating today began in the 1940s and 1950s under the legendary leadership of men like Cam Townsend, who founded Wycliffe Bible Translators, SIL, and JARS. The martyrdom of Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and their co-laborers in South America in 1956 provided a new chapter to the missionary translator narrative. Uh, These recent chapters, in fact, motivated a new generation, both of donors and doers. But you've suggested in your reporting on this subject that the 19th century model, which includes a heavy reliance on individual missionaries raising support with little organizational accountability, has been made obsolete by technology, rapidly changing needs, and the now calcified bureaucracy of the largest Bible translation organizations. That's not to say that there aren't many heroic, sacrificial missionaries in the Bible translation world today. There are. I've spoken with many of them, but many off-the-record conversations that I've had with them and a new generation of leadership in the Bible translation industry trying to make change uh, indicate that the current engine 
has broken down. They say privately that they are concerned about what some of them call the poor stewardship of kingdom resources. But most of them are afraid to speak. They know that the problems Ministry Watch has identified in more than a dozen stories on this topic, articles that we've written in hopes of motivating reform, represent an existential threat to the entire industry. In fact, many have told me that they don't see any hope except an intergenerational changing of the guard in leadership to solve this problem. Do you think that will happen? After all, our survey of ministry leaders indicate that most ministry leaders today are in their 50s and 60s. I remain less hopeful uh, that that's going to happen, Natasha. Leadership matters and new leadership will help. But the problems in the Bible translation industry go deeper than a few personnel changes. The fundraising model, Bible translation processes that fail to deliver promised results, the disingenuous and sometimes deceptive marketing practices, even the very cultures of these organizations have become impediments to the Great Commission. Once again, culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's going to take more than a few new leaders with a couple of new strategies and some PowerPoint presentations to make a difference. So what needs to happen? Well, Natasha, to answer that question, I'm going to kind of wander very far afield from the Bible translation world and look at a couple of other industries that I've reported in my career as a journalist. One of them is the music business. When technology disrupted the music industry about a decade or more ago, it wasn't the existing record labels and music stores who rose to the challenge. It was a company from completely outside that industry that solved the problem, Apple with iTunes. When the book-selling industry became bloated and inefficient and existing book retailers couldn't solve the problem, guess who did? Somebody from completely outside that industry, Amazon. And when NASA uh, got America to the, into space more than a half century ago, uh, no one doubted that there were remarkable, heroic people working in that organization at the time. But today, Private entrepreneurial companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic are doing things that NASA wasn't able to figure out how to do with its existing culture, bureaucracy, and funding models. Now, there's a, a Greek myth, uh, Natasha. It's the myth of King Augeas. He assigned Hercules to clean out the stable, uh, a stable that held 3,000 oxen that hadn't been cleaned in 30 years. Hercules quickly saw that no amount of shoveling manure out of the stables was going to do the job. So he turned his efforts instead to rerouting two nearby rivers. The rush of water flushed those stables clean. Now it could be that the Bible translation industry has become the Augean stable of evangelicalism in the 21st century. It's not clear to me that anything less than a thorough flushing will do. You've been listening today to a special episode of the Ministry Watch podcast, Just How Broken is the Bible Translation Industry? Over the course of the next month, we'll be releasing a companion episode 
fixing the Bible translation industry. Stay tuned for that. To read more of Ministry Watch's coverage of the Bible translation industry, just go to Ministry Watch's website and use the search engine to type the words Bible translation. More than 50 articles will show up showing the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Bible translation world. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. Until next time, may God bless you.